We changing the game on the name, put respect. Uncle Dad talks, yeah, live and direct. What did you expect from the two fly guys? One love Kevin Smith, one of more's golden eye. Mike's the level-headed, baby Gabe edits. Uncle Dad gets nervous all the time, but to his credit, he's clever. Spring stuff on Mike on a daily. And can mangle up a name amazingly. The range of events and topics makes it hard to stop listening. So why even attempt it? From bare-knuckle fighting to Grammy songwriting to Burning Man flame. All right, uh, hello and welcome to this week's episode of Uncle Dad Talks. I'm Uncle Dad, and with me, as always, is the ever so handsome Mike. Mike, how are you? Oh, well, oh, hi, thank you. Um, well, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just had to, I had to make you blush. You know, uh, whenever I'm surrounded by great talent, I have to make you blush. You know, <laughs> gotta, yeah, gotta bring me down a notch. That's fine. <laughs> what do you mean? I built you up. Anyway, oh, that's right. I, yes. <laughs> <laughs> anyways, we are with uh, someone uh, who has a very wonderful book coming out. I can't wait to talk about it. Uh, Mike, uh, what is your thoughts before we introduce them? Uh, what do you think about this book? I read it in one sitting um, just because I was so captivated by the the tones, the artwork, the pace of the story. Uh, I read a lot of graphic novels, as you know, Uncle Dad. And um, I was really touched by it. So I'm excited to talk to the creator of the book for sure. Awesome. Yeah. So everybody, welcome. Brianna Lowenson, how are you? I'm good. How are you guys? Wonderful. Yeah. Uh, wonderful. Uh, you know, I think uh, when we talk about, well, when we talk to different artists and different creators and authors, it's always great to see their perspectives. Now, uh, I got to make sure I'm saying this right again, but Ephemera, right? That's the name Perfect. of the book. <laughs> um, how did that title, how did you select that title mm -hmm. to tell the story of yours? Yeah. Um, well, first, thanks so much for having me. Really excited to be here. Um, the title Ephemera um, came from a feeling of um, never really feeling like my family was permanent, um, even though um, they physically existed for a while. Um, they were always very troubled and very sick. And there was always the feeling that they could disappear at any moment. And then there were moments where they did disappear. And um, so when I was working on the book, I went through probably 20 different titles. And then finally, I just like hearkened back to this feeling that I had had of just things that are not really meant to last. Yeah, it's a, it was such a powerful choice of title when you read the book. And uh... You know, for those who don't know what we're talking about, you know, we're talking about this graphic novel that you just uh, finished. And uh, it's uh, it's such a great um, it's such a great just it's, it's such a great visual like concept of just kind of talking about, like you said, about what you're saying, but showing it in such a playful, beautiful way, if that makes sense. I hope that's a compliment. I really yeah, really thanks. Yeah. Way. Yeah. Uh, and uh, when you choose that title, it, you know, I think everything is based upon a title. Right. And that title mm -hmm. comes out. It's such a strong such a strong word, I feel. And uh, I think kind of hearing you describe it, it, it fits it perfectly. And, and I know, Mike, you had some things about that title as well. Yeah, it, well, more so, you know, the book, um, I was just interested a lot in, uh, well, let me actually talk about the tones of the book because I mentioned them earlier. And, and to me, uh, when, I'm, when I'm reading it, you know, the, the way the, the tones, and I've also done color work in comics as well myself, so I know how important the, the tones of the pages are to, to convey a feeling, right? right. And, and so, you know, I won't give too much away of the book, but there are some back and forth, you know, you're, you're, you're in your childhood memory, 
And then there are times where you're in your current state um, of life. And so when you're in the, in the, in the past, you know, you have a lot of grays and, and, and like light brown, uh, light blues. And then when you're in your current state, you know, the, your adulthood, you're in, you know, it's more oranges and browns. And what was, I'm assuming you did the coloring, the art, the writing, like this is 100% you. Yeah. Correct. So, so what, how did, the, how did those colors, is that, is that the feeling that you have going back and forth? Can you talk to me about the tones and colors? Yeah. The tones and colors. I, um, I really wanted to convey a lot of the, um, parts that are the childhood parts are meant to feel a little dreamy, a little like you couldn't quite put your finger on it. Um, which is sort of how I feel about my childhood. I have, you know, everyone, well, I don't know. I have some vivid memories and then I have a lot where it's sort of like, it's more just a feeling and a vibe. And I wanted to convey that with those like cold blue, um, and gray tones of, um, like they're fading and like they're coming in and out. Um, and then with the, the, and then I wanted something contrasting. So I wanted like those like rusty orange colors, um, but I didn't want something super like bright and vibrant um, because I still wanted like a, it's a sad book. So like a quiet um, tone, but still warm um, and warm tones bring me more feelings of comfort than cool tones in general. So for me, it's, it sort of gives me more that feeling of, of how I feel now versus like thinking back into these um, sort of like hazy, hazy, sad memories. Yeah. It's uh, I'm sure like that must have been a, like if we could talk about that, was it a big challenge kind of diving back into the past? I don't know if a challenge is the right word, but was it just tough to revisit those memories while you're creating this book? Yeah. You know, a bunch of people have asked me that actually. Um, it's not, it's not really particularly tough because I think about my, my parents every day, they're both, um, no longer with us and, um, they died very close to each other and that's pretty impactful. And, uh, and so it's not particularly more painful than any other day, which is part of the book um, is just, you know, you, we just live with these feelings. Um, so working on it, um, if anything, actually was really sort of rewarding and felt really good to be able to um, sort of visually capture some of the feelings that I've had and honor the good and the bad of my childhood. Sure. I'm sure this is almost like therapeutical for you too, mm -hmm. right? Like you're writing through it and then you're kind yeah. of discovering it and then just, you know, letting it go, right? Sometimes it's just good just to let it go and, you know, and uh, what better way to let it go than write a book? Wow. <laughs> <You know? laughs> uh, that's pretty exciting. Uh, you know, uh, before you get to, to this book, where does the concept start? Like when do you start going, okay, hey, I'm going to start developing a book to make this happen? Yeah. So, I mean, I really, I got a credit quarantine. I can't, I can't, uh, I don't know if this would have necessarily come about without that. Um, during quarantine, I did a daily comic for the first hundred days. Um, and um, that was quite an exercise. It was sort of like the bane of my existence, but it's a really great memory of the first hundred days. And then I had all this time. I'm a high school teacher. I taught from school. So I had all this time in between classes. And I was like, um, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to write this uh, memoir book. Um, so I started thinking about what I wanted to do. And the very first memory was just um, that made the very first image that started the book was I was watching a friend's little kid go down a slide and the wind blew her hair up. And that is like the very first image that made me think about childhood 
and thinking about um, being alone and that wonderful feeling of joy that's private and alone. And that's sort of what started the book. Um, and then it sort of all just unfolded from that like one image. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's crazy how how just one one image or one thing you see uh can can like hit a part in your in your memory banks that open up this kind of door where all of that i there's a there's a scene in your book i have your book here um or a page in your book where you're, the, the young version of you is lying in the grass mm -hmm. and just paying attention to the grass and i think you even draw a close-up of the blades in the in the hand and uh, I recently was sitting with my sister. Um, we were in New Orleans together where we were both born and we were sitting in the grass and I don't know if my sister just hadn't sat in the grass for a really long time, but the way she was sitting, it kind of took her right back to childhood too, just right. sitting in the grass and the texture of it. Yeah. And, and, and you did such a good job at, at showing that in that moment because it, it reminded me of that moment, which also reminds me of, you know, my childhood when you're, young and you are alone and you're out exploring in the fields or I, I'm curious to where this was. I, I know you're in uh, you're in the Bay area now, but <laughs> where was this where you grew up where you would go out and explore? Yeah. So, um, it, my actual childhood was very different looking than the book. The book is really about like how it feel, felt to me. Um, I felt like we lived in this like magical land. We lived in a very poor neighborhood and West Berkeley and no one was paying attention to me because it was the early 80s. So the grass was actually really spiky and I would just go exploring as a tiny little five-year-old <laughs> in my neighborhood, like examining plants and like looking at all these things that like I definitely should not have been doing by myself. Um, but that time was so important to me to be by myself. So maybe someone should have been paying more attention. But on the other hand, like I had such a rich experience in my tiny little child brain. So it was Berkeley, <laughs> but like not the cute part of Berkeley in the Hills. Mm -hmm. It's, I don't think I, right. you know, I, I, I'm not too familiar. Did, with did that? Oh, fast. oh go, ahead, go ahead, Mike. Oh, I just, just to say to that, do you think that those, that those times that you spent alone, um, helped cultivate the type of imagination that you need to write and, and draw and create your own, your own stories. I'm assuming this is not your first book or, or, um, I've done story, a, a lot right? of, yeah, I've done a lot of like mini comics, um, is what they're called where they're like self-published. And I did those for a very long time. And then I kind of stopped doing comics for a little while because I have two little kids and I was sort of like maybe I should be present for my children. Um, and now they're seven and 10. So I was like, okay, yeah. They're, they're good. They're grown. Um, I'm just kidding. Um, and then, um, uh, um, oh, oh. but, but no, I, I, I do think like having all that time to myself and just having the resources to have discovery on my own was so important. My house was always filled with a lot of really weird stuff. My parents, like everything was old and from like a flea market or everything was just like really old and funky in my house. And, so all that stuff like was really enriching to look at and then just kind of living in a neighborhood. And we lived in a lot of weird neighborhoods. We moved a lot um, like Emeryville in 1984 when it was just warehouses. Like it was not, <laughs> it was, um, yeah, but I feel like that, that 
you know, makes you want to, I don't know, made me want to like draw things and make things and tell stories. Was there any inspiration from your art of uh, uh, Jim Davis? Because I see that a little bit when uh, I read your book. <laughs> um, I hope yeah. that's a compliment. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I was, so like my parents mostly read to me like comic books instead of um, regular books. My mom worked at like an underground like comics art museum in the 60s. Um, so yeah, they were, they were very into that. So like I was read like Jigs comics from the twenties and like Linda Perry and Calvin and Hobbes and like Mad Magazine. And like, those are all the things that I grew up on more than, you know, re regular kids books. Comics, yeah. Yeah. It's interesting because uh, I, I actually, I'm so glad you said Calvin and Hobbes because I, I also kind of felt that inspiration in there too. Uh, with with the way that you drew the characters, and again, yeah, I, hope I mean, that's, that's a, definitely a how I learned to draw was just to copy Calvin and Hobbes. Sure. <laughs> but I mean, I feel like most kids did, right? Yeah. Like, what a, what a great way to learn, right? Yeah, write a passage. Um, we can never be him, but we could try. We, yes, mm -hmm. I don't know if you want to be him. Well, yeah. maybe you do. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, you know, in this process of of you kind of creating the book and um, and getting it published now. What was that like process like? Did you already have a publisher or did you just kind of shop it around or what got you to where it's going to be now? Yeah, I um, got a lot of the book done. Um, I had about a third of the book completed. Um, and then I had the entire story written out of what it was going to be. So I knew I could get to the end of the book. Like I knew where I could take you. Um, and then I shopped it. I just, I didn't have an agent. I just sent it to a bunch of publishers. Oh, wow. Yeah. So um yeah, I'm super, I, I got a couple offers, so it was exciting, but I'm really, I mean, like Fanagraphics was at the top of my list. So I was just like thrilled to be, um, for that, that worked out. It's been really great. Yeah. They're, they're a phenomenal, I think, uh, house, yeah. right? Like it's so exciting that you could be part of that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's crazy, right? Cause now it's like, what does that feel like? It must feel surreal, right? Like it's finally going to come out, you know, like yeah. when you got your copy of it, I'm sure it just must've been like, wow, all all the world is going to see this now. Yeah, it's definitely. Yeah, it's it's a really long process, which I wasn't totally like, I people have said that, but um, it's so long that it definitely feels like it's kind of nice for me because it's I'm more removed from it. I think if it had come out, like I sent it to them and they published it the next week, I think it would be almost harder. But I'm sort of like, oh, yeah, I, that thing I did. So that, that's kind of nice. Um, that's funny. Yeah, but I'm pretty pumped. I think it's pretty good. Pretty excited. Hope people like it. Mike. Yeah, the book, I mean, the book looks great. The cover, it, you know, it's a hardcover book. The way you draw plants, uh, and, and I know you, it says in your book that you, if you're not drawing or spending time with your family, you're spending time with your plants. And uh, the, the way you draw them, uh, I love the detail in, in them. And you know, I'm just um, assuming, because I'm also a comic book artist or have drawn my own comics and, and self-published a lot of my own. Yeah. And uh, were you ever selling at some of the like ape and stuff like that around mm -hmm. here in the Bay, in the oh, Bay yeah, Area uh, totally. before you had this with Fantagraphics? Yeah. Yeah. I used to sell ape was um, 
Ape was the best. I loved Ape. Yeah, that's the only convention that I particularly went to. I'm, I'm, uh, I get really overwhelmed by crowds, so I've never been to like San Diego Comic Con. But Ape, I could like get a little table and like just sit at my table all day, and and um, I it was always just filled with such great artists. I wish, I wish it could come back. Um, but that's where I sold a lot of books and met a lot of my like comics pals, um, like um, Tin Fam, who has another book coming out. Um, family style he and I worked together and we sort of like drew our books together um so like I met him at ape um and everyone should also buy his book <laughs> um, <laughs> um but yeah, yeah but but yeah ape, right. ape was so great yeah. um yeah uh, you, uh ape is uh, one of those things where I think it's a forgotten if you went there you experienced the greatest time of your life I feel because it was seriously one of the greatest uh conventions around right especially yeah. for, like, if you're looking to find like that 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 underground cool thing like well, yeah, there's so much good stuff yeah yeah now on the subject of cons i actually kind of feel like this would be a a great book to see on in a con would you ever do any of the smaller cons like berkeley comic con or anything like that yeah totally yeah i'm actually going to be at tcaf in toronto um in april which will be i'm really excited nice. for that um, and then I think there's a couple other, I'm going to try to get to Mocha, um, in New York. So, um, yeah, I feel like now that I have like this book, I'm definitely like, I, I could brave like any comic on, I can put on my big girl pants and I could go, I could do it. Yes, you can I believe <laughs> it. And I'm so excited for it. Hopefully Thanks, we do a lot of conventions and so oh, hopefully cool. we can see you at a con. Yeah, definitely. Like, that, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Um, I also think this book would do pretty well, like at a at a comic con, like a San Diego comic con. But you know, it's a uh, I I do know if you're not a big fan of crowds, it's a crazy. It's it's so much, so much there where it's yeah. almost too much to be honest. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it seems intense. But I think if I had like something like this, I'm really proud of this. I think I could like do it. I could go. I could you know, not lose my mind. Yeah, just get a small table next to Mike at small press. You'll be all right. <laughs> That's right. There you go. That's right. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I wanted to mention uh, another thing about the book uh, or about the story, the, the, you know, how we deal with loss as, as kids, you know, um, I, I lost my father. I wasn't a kid. I was 27. I, I might've still acted like a kid, but uh, I wasn't age-wise a kid anymore. But, um, you know, I, I think, and, and you kind of touched on it a little bit earlier in the show, but I don't know. Some people journal, you know, some people were able to write music, mm -hmm. but I think there's something to be said about uh, as being an artist and also a storyteller to be able to kind of immortalize them in that way. It's, it's, it's kind of an honor, but it, but it also, there's such a, it is a healing part in the process of, of creating that kind of other version of them. That's just gonna, that lives on. Right. So, um, you know, it looked, you know, from the relationship that you have with, with your mother in the book, you know, obviously it looks like a difficult one, but you still have such a great way that you honor her life. I feel like with, with what, with how you put this together. Thanks. Um, yeah, she actually died when I was older too. Um, I just felt like a child. Um, and she got sick when I was really little, both physically and mentally. So that is a lot of the loss and like how it all sort of started as a child and why I put myself as a child in that moment of, um, but also about how 
for me, I don't know if you felt this way, but like when you lose a parent, it's like, you're that kid again. And you're like, you know, or for me, I felt, you know, I sometimes still feel like a little kid without a, without something to tether me. Um, but it was, and she was extremely difficult and only got more difficult (laughs) in her, in her aging. So, um, Mm -hmm. I really tried in the book to, show the difficulty, but to not make her a one-dimensional character of like only terrible, but there are things that I valued and that I miss. And then I also do like that I get to do it however I want because she's not here to tell me I can't. (laughs) (laughs) That's a, that's a good way to look at it right there. (laughs) I'm in charge now. (laughs) Yeah. And, 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 yeah. And and she and so correct me if I'm wrong, but you, did your mother kind of show you how to how to garden? Was that like her thing that she did and taught you, and that kind of carried that on through your lineage? My mother was a terrible gardener, but my mother was um, an AA sponsor, and so she I would like spend all day and night listening to her on the phone sponsoring her sponsees, and that is where she really shined. She could she could just like support anyone through anything. And I just feel like for me, the gardening is like a metaphor for like life lessons. So her sponsorship of these people, really, I take so much of it with me. Like I've never, I didn't have to go to AA, thankfully, but I grew up in AA, like, um, because of her and, um, her just words of wisdom and her kindness to these people, even though she couldn't always show that to her children um, is sort of, that's what the plants and the gardening sort of represents is like this ability to grow and to have these skills um, that are so nuanced and difficult to learn. Um, And so I, I really try to carry a lot of that and I like drawing plants. So (laughs) (laughs) when did, when did you, when did you discover that, that you like drawing plants? Um, that seems like a very specific thing to discover. Yeah, I've drawn it for a long time. I mean, drawing people is probably like my number one thing that I love to draw. And then um, drawing plants, I I don't know. I don't know when I, that just sort of like came along with it. Maybe I think I like the organic nature of humans and plants. You know, there's, they, everyone is so nuanced and each one is so um, perfectly individual. And that is what makes it interesting. And that's how you can tell one leaf from another leaf or, and that's why you can tell one person's nose from another nose. And I, I, I really love looking at that detail. Oh, wow. So you're gonna make me look at plants differently now. Yeah, you should. <laughs> They're amazing. <laughs> wow. <laughs> good. Yeah, you're going to make me look at noses different now. <laughs> <laughs> They're all beautiful, except everyone's knows how they are. Yeah, yeah, Mike. <laughs> I don't know about uh, my know, nose. Yeah, it's a beautiful snowflake. Uh, like, <laughs> when we talk about uh, like the, <laughs> thanks, <laughs> when we talk about uh, the plants and stuff too, I, I am curious um, when when you when you draw a plant, right? And I, and I know this is I'm kind of getting on getting onto this, but. I haven't really met anybody who draws plants as well as you do. Like you draw plants so beautifully, you really do. And 
when you draw that, are you just drawing it from memory? Are you looking at it at that point in time? I mean, how is your, what's your process in drawing the plan itself? Um, I do a lot of research. Um, I will look into like root structure. Like I do a lot of research into certain things. And then some plants I know so well that I can draw them without looking at them. I could draw, I could draw you 4,000 blackberry bushes. Like I could (laughs) cover a page. I've just drawn those so much. Um, And there are certain other plants in that vein that I, I just know like every way that like the each, you know, flower petal comes off the middle part of the flower. I don't know. I'm not a scientist. <laughs> Whatever. <that's called. laughs> I guess I've done visual research. Um, uh, but then there, but I, but I do draw a lot from photographs and then I will compile the photographs. So I don't generally like it to look, you can almost always tell when someone's drawn from one photograph. So I'll find um, like a bunch of, a certain plant and then mix it together so that it, it doesn't just look like it's drawn from a photograph. Nothing's ever like traced, like nothing comes that way. Like I, it'll feel more organic if you have a bunch of different plants you've sort of compiled. I found for me, maybe someone else can do it differently. Wow. That, that's pretty fascinating. Cause I think the process of that, like, like I said, I'm not familiar with how you would draw a plant and you do it so well. So thank you for sharing that with me. Like I really, that actually really makes me like appreciate plants more i guess because there's so much to like i don't know i, I feel like i, I have a mm-hmm. i have a love-hate relationship with taking care of plants sorry yeah, yeah. no i get it me too <laughs> uh, so uh you know go ahead, Mike. i'm gonna i'm gonna buy you a plant for uh i'm gonna buy you a plant for your birthday uncle dad uncle He's got dad. A birthday coming up, so now i know what i'm getting him <laughs> oh <Right>. god <laughs> you're gonna get me a monstera no get, get him a pothos you can't kill it mm-hmm. it'll be great oh okay yeah okay you're good then mm-hmm. we'll then we'll check in with you in a year i love it <laughs> and then oh, we'll gosh. tell you about how well i did <laughs> great. and i'm gonna have you draw it from the day you got it and one year later oh that's a good idea huh mike <laughs> <laughs> i draw it every 30 days mm-hmm. so that's a good idea <laughs> Um, before we wrap up, uh, I, I, you know, one of the things is your book is coming out. Uh, do you want to go ahead and talk about when it's coming out, uh, where, where they can buy it, all that good stuff like that? Oh, I would love to, Uncle Dad. Um, my book is coming out March 21st of this very year that we're living in, 2023. Um, you can buy it, I want to say anywhere, but that's not true. But any bookstore, you can order it from like any local bookstore, um, it's available on Amazon. It's available from the Fantagraphics site. Um, on my Instagram, there's a I have a little link tree, and there's like a bunch of links of places you can get it if that's more helpful. And then you can look at my awesome Instagram, um, which is oh, which is Brianna Breaks, B R I A N A B R E A K S, and see lots of art and other stuff I'm working on and um, buy my book. It's available now for pre-order. Will it be digital too? Or I wasn't aware of that. Oh, mm, I assume so. I don't know. That's sorry. I should know that information. (laughs) (laughs) No worries. Uh, But if it is digital, you should, if you want a digital copy, that's the one you should get too. Or just get both. Yeah, get both. Get five copies. (laughs) Get five copies. Exactly. Yeah, my, like, my five copies. It's going to make a great Mother's Day present. <laughs> so, <laughs> Mother's Day is uh, I, I was just think, I was thinking that. I, was, <laughs> um, yeah, I like yeah. that idea. You know, so, and, uh, go ahead, Mike. And one of, one of the things, let me just say this before we uh, we close up. Um, I don't know if this was intentional, Brianna, or if this was just 
part of part of how it ends. But uh, you know, I guess in life, um, you know, everything we're all going to go right. Everyone's going to go. All the plants, they're also going to go. But um, there's something about uh, kind of I won't give the complete thing away. But you know, there's when someone passes, and you know, you can maybe plant something in in their honor that will live on. My dad, before he passed, had these little kind of uh, jade plants and they were just getting started. And I kept them um, when he moved, you know, when he had moved on. And now it's this big, huge jade plant that, that's still going. I don't know how long it'll go, but, but, but there's something that alludes to that in, in the book, I think, in the end. And, and I just really felt touched by the way you, you kind of wrapped that up there. And it was a beautiful beautiful illustration and, and feeling. So you did really great. I'm glad you have that plant from your dad. That is the really the perfect gift to give to uncle dad because jade plants grow so well here. Wow. But that's really that? nice. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, wow. That's, I, that's a beautiful story, Mike. I, I've actually, I never heard that story before, Brianna. So I, I'm just, Aww. yeah. We're all growing today, take, you guys. I know. I love Maybe it. I'll like give, a plant. Maybe I'll give <laughs> you a clipping. Yeah, just stick it right in the dirt. You don't even have to do anything because that jade plant wants to live. Wow. Yeah. Man, this is a very touching episode. Mm-hmm. Touching episode. On a me. very special Uncle Dad's house. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. I love it. <laughs> well, That's Brianna, right. seriously, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Um, yeah, if you want to give your social media one last time so our audience can connect with you. Yeah, sure. Brianna Breaks, like uh, as if I'm broken, Brianna Breaks um, on Instagram. That's my social media. That's all I got. Get on there. There's some awesome drawings and it'll be fun. Do you have a website too? Correct? I no. don't have a website. <laughs> but yet, if you want yet. to make me one, if someone <laughs> wants to make me one, DM me. <laughs> Oh, there you go. There you go. I'm sure we got somebody who listens that wants to do it. Let's see. Uh, mm-hmm. Make that happen. Uh, Mike, you could do that too. Probably. Somebody needs some work. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Brianna, thank wow. you so much. Seriously. It was it's such you. a pleasure. And uh, I, I, that book really does hit you in a very personal way, whether, whether you have loss or not, I mean, we all have loss, right? But whatever type of loss we deal with is it's, it's a, it's how we deal with it. Right. And the way you represent that is so powerful. So and also so welcoming and, and, and welcoming and, and it allows you to kind of process it. Because I dealt with my own loss in the past and, you know, not, I haven't lost my parents yet, you know, and, you know, hopefully it doesn't happen for a while. But, you know, I've dealt with other loss uh, and whether that loss even be friendships or, you know, it doesn't mm-hmm. have to be necessarily the yeah the, the life aspect. Right. And, uh, yeah, I just you just touched on it in a very, very beautiful way. So thank you for, for getting this out there. Thank you so much. Thanks guys so much for having me. This was really nice to chat and to meet you guys and really appreciate it. Absolutely. Uh, Mike, any last words? Well, maybe we'll see you at the next con. And then you'll see my jade plan. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right. Take care. Okay. All right, Mike. Uh, that was the end of a very beautiful episode of uncle dad talks uh a lot of good things we talked we talked about in that one uh you know i think when we uh do episodes like this because we don't really do a lot of like more serious nature episodes i think uh and this was kind of one of those uh not entirely of course but what was that like kind of visiting that that space for you yeah i like uh visiting that space um you know to an extent right it can it can 
it can feel pretty emotional talking about loss and, you know, the loss of your parents. I mean, I think that's probably one of the hardest things you go through as a, as a human is, is losing your, your parents. And, uh, um, but it's also, I think a great way to, to really connect, you know, with other people is by being very vulnerable and open and transparent in your feelings and what life experience is like, because most of the time people, uh, feel something similar, but don't always have the ability to, to talk about it. So I think when you do allow for that space, that's where, you know, you can feel that, you know, we're all, we're all feeling a, a very similar thing uh, a lot of times. And, and so, um, thanks for the, for, for, uh, providing the space to do that today. Yeah. You know, I, I'm glad, I'm glad you feel that way. Cause I, I think that's, uh, you know, we're not obviously you and I aren't the ones who ever dealt with that. And I think, uh, hopefully our listeners, if you guys are listening, like, you know, it's safe, it's okay to feel that, you know, and it's okay to, to work through that. And, uh, I do think that if you are f- wanting to find a way to kind of help you get through that, I actually kind of think her book may help you see something that you might have not seen before. So I really do recommend to check. I really do recommend this book a lot. And, uh, you know, we don't, we haven't had a whole lot of authors on really. And, uh, whenever we do, it's always, uh, always very, uh, insightful, I feel. And, uh, that was no, uh, no different. So truly, uh, thank you, Brianna, for coming on the show and, uh, you know, represent small press, you know, please, you know, small press, we can't forget about them. Right. So please go out there, uh, buy the book, um, you know, uh, digital, physical, however, where they have it, get it. Uh, you won't be disappointed. The art is worth it alone. I think, uh, you know, it's truly a package that you, you need to get on. So March 21st, uh, the one that comes out, go out there and get it. Uh, before we wrap up, Mike, of course, we've got to pay the bills. And so the first thing we got to do really quick is talk about clandestine brewing. So when this comes out, just so everybody knows, we're throwing a party. That's right. We're throwing a party at clandestine brewing. Uh, <laughs> kind of liven it up a little bit. <laughs> We're throwing a party. <laughs> All right, now let's turn the page. <laughs> <laughs> right. We're throwing a party at uh, Clandestine Brewing on the, uh, one of the greatest holidays around, one of my favorite holidays, uh, St. Patrick's Day. Uh, we are doing the very first ever, the first annual uh, Uncle Dad Beer Olympics, uh, a series of games where you, that's right, you, the listener, can compete with Team Uncle Dad, which will include myself, Mike, and mystery guests. Isn't that right, Mike? There are some special guests to be announced. Yes. Mystery for now. Yes. And uh, let me tell you, Mike's a pro. He's gonna. He's yeah. a hard one to beat. <laughs> well, we'll see. We'll see how pro I am that day. <laughs> and uh, what's really great is that you'll have a chance to win a bunch of great uh, prizes from Clandestine Brewing and, of course, us as well. Uh, I, I think we're going to throw in some, probably some hats, I'm sure, and uh, some uh, free beer, gift cards, and uh, maybe even some autographs from our, our guest. Uh, really, we can't, you guys got to come check it out. It's going to be, I think, one of our most fun events we've done. Uh, it's free. That's it, too. There's no cost. You just got to come down, hang out. Uh, we're going to have a sign up soon. So once that sign up comes up, be sure to go to at Uncle Dad Talks uh, for all the information there. You can get your team signed up so you can go against the Titans. That's right. Me, Uncle Dad, oh, sorry, me, Mike, <laughs> and our special guests. <laughs> yeah, you're you, your alter ego, and then just me, and then oh, some other right. person that we won't name. 
<laughs> actually that's right the special guest is my alter ego that's right yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. funny uh and that'll be uh saint patrick's day march 17th uh from 6 to 10 p.m uh yeah it's gonna be a lot of fun and then last but not least uh, of course uh this is the last week that you guys can participate in saving some money on swamp dragon liquor hot sauce so mike tell them your award-winning reasoning as to why they need to buy it well the main reason is because it's really good. <laughs> <laughs> That's all you need no. to know, really. <laughs> I mean, but ser- in all seriousness, uh, yeah, I put hot sauce on everything. I and mean, that's just, you know, and that's always always what I thought I did because, you know, I grew up in Louisiana and that's just what you do. And it all kind of has a similar taste of this, you know, it tastes like vinegar because vinegar is in the hot sauce. In every hot sauce, except for Swamp Dragon, they don't use vinegar, they use... Uh, liquor and uh and to keep it um to keep it what from from going bad right isn't that why yes. vinegar is in, in the hot sauce so yeah. we're trying something different and it allows you to taste the flavor of the peppers and of the hot sauce and not just that mixed with vinegar yeah it's a, it's such a great it's such a great flavor and they got tequila dark rum vodka a pina colada one like they have so many great flavors and the alcohol isn't overwhelming what i would recommend is shake it first and then use it uh but yeah it's absolutely really worth getting and you can go to swampdragonhotsauce.com use promo code uncle dad save yourself 20 percent off anything on their website and that will end february 28th so make sure you're using that before it's too late so uh swampdragonhotsauce.com promo code uncle dad for 20 percent off until february 28th uh, yeah, so Mike, that's pretty much it. Um, another beautiful episode. Uh, thank you again for being here. And as always, any last words? You know, I, I remember trying to submit my art uh, in my books to different publishers, and and Fanographics was was one that I was like, oh, if you can get them, then you've you've made it. And so I'm just uh, I'm really happy for Brianna and, and and that she landed that deal with them, and that her book's coming out. And and just want to say. You know, the, the story is based off of her, uh, you know, her memories. And, and But I feel like the way that it's drawn and the way that it's put together, you can easily see yourself. You can put yourself in that character. Um, so it's just a beautiful book. And, and I'm really I'm really happy for her that it's uh, that a lot of people are going to get to see it. So there it is. So go buy it. <laughs> so go buy it. Go, so go buy, buy it. it. All right. <laughs> all right, buddy. We'll see you all next week. <laughs>